Howdy, boys and girls, and welcome back to week two of the 2017 college football season and week two of the 2017 Carla and Crappy show. Carla, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Is it really only week two? Only week two. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous amount of, 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 of stupid good football last weekend, the first weekend, and, and, and more games than we knew what to do with this weekend. Yeah. Um, awesome start, right? Ow. My cat yeah. just bit me on the leg. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> That's a great start to week two, right? Yeah, yes. No, yes. No, so we were talking during pre-show here about how I did nothing all weekend other than, for the most part, sitting my rear end on the couch and watching football, and it was mm -hmm. glorious. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it stormed here today. Right? We're filming or taping, I guess I have to say now, right? Because yes. we're on audio. Yes, um, no film. We're, we're taping on Tuesday, and a, a cold front came through here today, and so it actually feels like football weather now. Like, it's in the low yes. 70s for highs and the 50s at night, and, like, that's stuff we don't see here until October. So really excited about it being football season and feeling like football season. It was uh, We were running around in Cleveland for a, uh, a friend's birthday party over the weekend, and it, and it, it definitely felt like fall out there. It was awesome. Um, since you sat on your butt and watched college football all day uh, for the first Saturday, you are in a perfect position to answer the, uh, the, the one question we have about week one, which is um, what, what, what thing, uh, team, player, game, unit, impressed you the most of everything that you saw? Wow, impressed me the most. That's a great yep. question. Um, I know who impressed me the least. Well, we could do that. Yeah, who impressed me? Well, I'll, think, I'll keep thinking about who impressed me the most. <laughs> who impressed me the least was Texas. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm not alone in that bandwagon. I you know if if there's going to be a a fan base to go off the deep end in the world is ending after week one. Thank you, football gods, for making it Texas, because at least that's fun to watch. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they've been kind of on this teetering cliff, and, you know, Tom Herman was supposed to save everything. And, and my gosh, I mean, raise your raise our glasses to the Terrapins, fear the turtle. I mean, that was they, – <laughs> they looked great uh -huh. in Austin on Saturday. Uh -huh. um, surprisingly, and, you know, we were texting during, during that game, and I yep. said, gosh, I hope this means that the Big Ten East is going to be even more – entertaining than even we thought knowing that Michigan's going to be in the mix your Buckeyes are in the mix my nits are in the list you know I, I don't mix. actually I don't actually hope that for the record just just so we so we know four, four teams I mean that could be fun it could be fun I mean it could be fun yes you know it's nice to have somebody else kind of stepping up because we kind of lost Michigan State this year I think mm -hmm. um so so Maryland what the heck welcome to the party um who impressed me the most uh why am I struggling with this question so much? I'm going to go. Um, you think. I'm going to go. Okay. Go uh, and, I, and I will say about Texas, I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, knowing Tom Herman as I do, uh, what he was able to do with, with Ohio State's offense in a very, very short period of time, um, uh, especially uh, what he was able to do uh, when, when Braxton Miller, the apparent starter from before the 2014 season, um, when, he, when he gets hurt in, in camp, uh, JT Bird, who is, is taking like three snaps in, in college football at that point, uh, comes in. Um, actually, no, Barrett had, had redshirted. He had, he had taken exactly no snaps. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they go through the 2014 season the way they did and end up winning the national titles. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of what Tom Herman could do. And um, so, uh, Texas fans, you guys are going to be fine. Um, the thing that impressed me most, and granted, I, I did not get to watch a ton uh, on Saturday, but um, 
for a unit that lost 10, 11 starters uh, through graduation and drafts and all the other things. Man, Michigan's defense looked impressive. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a lot of speed. Um, not many mistakes that you would expect from a, a unit that doesn't have quite the quite the experience. Um, you know, sure, uh, Florida's. Uh, we, we've talked at length uh, over the last couple of years about Florida's uh, issues at quarterback, um, and I, I know they had some folks that were uh, just as you look at the game overall, they had some folks that, that uh, were suspended and couldn't play. But um, that's still, a, you know, a, a top twenty-five SEC team, and um, and and uh, Michigan basically held Florida's offense to, to pretty much nothing. To pretty right. much nothing uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm. That's that was the that was the impressive one for me of the of the stuff that I saw um, without without question. Okay, I got mine. All right, Josh Rosen, USC. That okay. that game on Sunday night was a game that I had all but given up on, um, mm-hmm. and I think most of America did as well. Flipped over to the other game, um, much more interested in in what was happening in Maryland um, with that game, and then all of a sudden sure. we're watching we're watching Twitter, and they're saying, "Wait, UCLA is slowly starting to mount a comeback here," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, whatever." They're going to get a couple touchdowns back, but then when it got within one score, I was like, "Okay, this suddenly got really really interesting." And Josh Rosen's final drive to go down there to tie the game and then, you know, win the game mm-hmm. on your point. That was nothing short of remarkable. I know there's a stigma attached with, with Josh Rosen and, you know, the chosen Rosen and all that, all that stuff. And okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Don't, you know, he has an ego. Okay. But still that was an impressive drive to go down there and, you know, to, to come back from 34 down in the, in the, in the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. That's a game for the ages that almost kind of fell out under everybody's radar because we were also, you know, entertained by by the Virginia Tech game that was happening. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, Josh Rosen probably is okay. Game for me. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, I, I, good stuff all the way around. I, I we want to start with what's going on with this weekend. Um, uh, you know, last weekend we we, we talked about uh, how many good matchups there were, especially for a week one. Um, we're going to actually do a speed round for this week because we have we have three excellent games and then three more very very good games that we easily could have talked about. Um, but uh, you know we're we're trying to not speak to you guys for an hour and a half every week, so we're going to kind of limit it a little bit this weekend. I mean, uh, two of the two of the three uh, top games that we're going to talk about are obvious. I mean, we have uh, big ones for my team, big one for your team. Um, and in fact, that's where we're going to start because uh, they uh, they kick off the afternoon of the, of the big games that we're going to talk about. Of course, I am speaking of uh, Pitt at number four Penn State. Um, this is a renewal of the of the, the series that be, uh, that renewed last year. Uh, great game in in Heinz Field, uh, just down the road from where I live. Um, this year, Penn State is favored by twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let Penn State fans start with this one, Carla. What do you think? Okay, so. First of all, it's a rivalry game, right? Mm-hmm. So, so throw throw the line out the window because you know the same thing could have been said last year. Like, you know, it was it was a lot closer, and the the outcome was was different last year. I think than a lot of people suspected. Um, it's interesting because last year when this rivalry was renewed, um, it was I, I went off on a rant last year um, on this game because I was trying to. Uh, you know, say that both of these teams needed to move ahead. Well, Penn State obviously moved ahead. Pitt moved ahead last year. So I think we're past that. I think this is actually a rivalry game now. Um, 
And you could argue that the rivalry has gotten even more intense over the year, mostly because you could make a pretty solid argument that Pitt kept Penn State out of the football playoff last year. Now yep. I know I know I know Penn State had two losses, and that Michigan loss was the one that everybody remembered, and the, and the differential there was just so big. You know, I kept saying that all year. Nobody's going to forget the forty-four to ten or whatever that score was. Um, like, and and that's and that's a valid argument. But if Penn State only had one loss, and that was the loss, I think there would have been a tougher argument between your Bucks and my Nits as mm -hmm. to who actually got that spot. And yep. you know, I think it was the two losses that kept Penn State I, up. I think yeah, that's a very very valid thing to say. So, so Penn State's playing with a chip on its shoulder because it feels like it missed out. They looked great on Saturday. Now, uh, admittedly, um, Saquon Barkley had had a bit of a slip up on one of his first drives. They had the, they were driving really nicely, and he he threw a stupid pass. And weather conditions weren't great. Kind of looked like it slipped out of his hand a bit. It was a total lame duck ball. Threw it up. Threw a pick in the end zone. Um, but that was really the only misfire for the offense in the entire day. They shut out. Akron, yes, I know it's Akron, but it's a MAC team. And the fact that they've got a defense that was able to shut out a MAC team, there's something to be said for putting up the goose egg. Um, you know, throughout the entirety of the game, even when they started subbing people out in the second half. Um, Trace McSorley, not a bad day at the office, 300 plus yards if you combine rushing and receiving. Um, so the offense is firing, defense looked great. Penn State, great win, week one, exactly what everybody kind of expected. Pitt, eh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's probably the so the sound that you could probably hear from your place if you if you'd been home on Saturday to like hear what was going on at Heinz Field. I mean, deafening silence from the yeah. uh, the fourth quarter. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you blow a twenty one nothing lead against Division two Youngstown State um, or FCS. Sorry, I still gosh, I'm, how long has that been? I just called them D two. On, on this show, it, you know, it's always Star Lake. It's always going to be one double A. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, so you know, they gave up the 21 point lead to Youngstown State. Go Penguins. Um, and you know, Max Max Brown, the transfer over from USC, he was kind of supposed to be the savior of this offense, and he didn't do a whole heck of a lot to instill some confidence. Um, especially when the leading receiver for the entire game was Pitt's running back. I mean, that doesn't give you a lot to instill some often or instill some confidence in that deep game. Um, I think this all shapes up to a very big Penn State win on Saturday playing in Beaver Stadium against with a you know Penn State team that's got a lot of confidence um, and and played really well in week one against a Pitt team that is now not talking to the media again for the second year in a row and kind of reeling after this Youngstown State and going on the road in that environment. The only thing that would make me feel even more confident about this game is if it was a night game and it was a whiteout. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's 3.30, the atmosphere isn't quite as amped in Beaver State. It's still amped, but it's not as amped as a night game. Right. Um, but I, Penn State wins this game. Do they? I, I'm a little nervous about them covering with the line being that high. Um, just because of the fact that it's a rivalry game and strange things happen during rivalries, but Penn State wins this game and gets revenge for last year. Okay, okay. okay. Um, you you said uh, at the outset that um, you wanted to throw out the lines because this is a rivalry game. I, I'm not going to throw out the line in this one because uh, this this uh, this has everything. Um, everything says to me that this is a this is a Big Ten win. Um, and I'm gonna kind of enjoy this a little bit because uh, uh, after after last season, uh, Pitt might have had the most annoying fan base of the of twenty of college football in 2016 because of this game, because of the the, the Penn State game, and because that they beat Clemson. They beat Clemson. Um, 
and I even got that in, heard that indirectly because, um, you know, because of Ohio State's loss in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so it's like, okay. Uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, Pitt had good quarterback play um, in, in James Conner, you know, the, the very good running back. Uh-huh. Um, they don't have those things. Uh, the replacement quarterback, as you said, did not look great. And, and, uh, and that's against a one double eight defense. Um, graded a, a good one. That's a good program in Youngstown State, but uh, right. you know the, the, the level of competition just does not does not match up. Um, uh, and the other thing is, uh, you know, um, we, the the uh, the uh, the uh, print newspaper that I, I work for in Pittsburgh uh, had a story today about Juwan Johnson, Penn State's wide receiver, saying that uh, this game is just another game for Penn State. Um, and I, I that's that's crap. I don't believe him. <laughs> I don't believe him at all. I, I think this is something um, I, I think the folks at Penn State are looking at this game like I am looking at the Penn State game uh, for my Buckeyes, and we'll get to that in October. Um, you know, Pitt is also missing key players for disciplinary reasons. Um, it's just everything stacks up uh, for this to be. I, will Penn State win this by three touchdowns? I, I think that's a that's a real possibility. Um, one way, whether the specifics can score are, um, I think that's uh, that's this is going to be a beating for the Nittany Lions. Um, I need to see if I can show you this because he brought it up here. I swear to God, I did not do this. Um, we're about to we're about to talk at uh, number five Oklahoma at number two Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by a touchdown. You've noticed, you've noticed me like reaching down and laughing at stuff while you're trying to talk. It's yes. this. My cat brought this upstairs, and he's been throwing it at my legs. That's why he was biting me because he wants me to throw this thing for him. Um, Would you explain what that is for our audio listeners? Uh, this is I, I'm. Thank you. I forget we have an audio listeners. I'm holding a. Uh, it's a, a beanie ball. I think is what they're called. It's a little Ohio State football player guy, um, and my cat. Uh, loves this thing. He carries it around in his mouth and, and wants us to throw it and roll it around so he can chase. Um, and while we were in Cleveland last weekend, he found it from wherever he had hidden it in the clo- in the um, excuse me in the basement. So because <laughs> it was out when we got back from our trip, so he's been it's just been around. And while we were talking uh, about the Pitt Penn State game, he is smacking this up against my leg, and I'm like, okay, this will be a nice lead into. Talking about this game, Carla. <laughs> um, I think I said Ohio State's favored by seven, uh, or seven and oh, seven and a half. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Well, I didn't see as much of the Ohio State game on Thursday night as I would have liked because yeah. of other commitments that I have on Thursday night. But I did catch the, the second half, which, if you're an Ohio State fan, means that I saw the best part of the game. You saw the good one. You saw the good um, one. Yeah. So, so I was a little. Bit, I mean, I was. I was a little bit surprised by the first half of that game. Um, you know, it, it it really kind of took the the your bucks a little while to get kind of get going on offense. Um, at least it was kind of the feel that I got jumping into that game late. Um, but they, once they got going, they were fine. Um, it just took them until the second half to really kind of gel. And it's the first game of the season and, you know, on the road. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take too much weight in that. Uh, the bigger concern for me is when I went back and looked at the stats was the 437 yards they gave up on defense yeah. to an Indiana team that doesn't have Kevin Wilson anymore. Kevin, we talked about that last week that Kevin Wilson's on your sideline now. Um, and, and this was an offense that, you know, everyone was kind of like, well, but they don't have their, you know, their their main guy on the sideline to, to make these calls. And um, they seem to be just fine. And that 437 is a little eye-opening, yeah. I think. Again, it's week one on the road. Okay. Indi- you know, but still, I, that, that surprised me a bit. Um, 
Oklahoma, and I'll let you handle more of the Ohio State breakdown here. Um, <laughs> I figured you'd have plenty to say, so I'm kind of staying yeah, out of this one. Of a thing or two. Um, Oklahoma blew out UTEP. That's what you're supposed to do. But I think what was, you know, really interesting in this game is that, um, you know, Lincoln Riley, first first game as head coach after Bogdan Stoops retired, um, he made it really, really clear in that game that this team is going to live and die by Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a team that last year had that barrage of running backs, right? Samaje Pirine, um, you know, and, and they, they've all gone to the NFL now. Um, and this, th- there really wasn't a run game per se. Now I say that, but there are three backs that each had about, a f- about 50 yards. I mean, it couldn't get even any more even than this. There's their, their yardage was 53, 52 and 51. Okay. <laughs> so they wanted everybody to get 50 yards and they pulled them out of the game. Um, but it's interesting that they, they, there wasn't really a dominant back in the game, only about 150 yards. And Baker Mayfield went 329 and three, t- t- and three TDs mm-hmm. and was 19 of 20. He only missed on one ball the entire game before they pulled him out. Um, you know, so I actually think that that's a sign of hope for an Ohio State win here. Um, not that I, you know, not that I'm saying that, that Ohio State needs hope, but I think. Oklahoma has made itself so one-dimensional, at least that's the way it looks after week one, that if you shut down that minimalist run game that they've got going and can play defense in the secondary, I, I think this is I think this is a, 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 the way the offense is set up. This is something that Ohio State can handle. Um, and I don't think it's going to be quite as potent of an offensive attack as long as you know you stop the run early and and secondary plays well to kind of beat the deep ball with, with, with Mayfield. But... Um, I like Ohio State at home in the horseshoe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I, – I think this game I, – I, I thought this game was going to be a lot closer until I started looking at it, and I realized that, you know, if without that run game, I, I, think, I think your Buckeyes will have a field day on defense. Um, it helps. The, the Indiana's gaudy numbers – I mean, they, they, have, they have a good passing attack, and, and um, you know, the departure of Kevin Wilson doesn't change the personnel. Um, so it, – and, and what, what you saw very quickly – is the inexperience that Ohio State has in the, the defensive backfield. Um, you know, one cornerback has a, a significant amount of experience uh, as, a, as a nickel corner last year. But the, the rest of the guys back there, you know, they, they got special teams playing time. Um, but, the, you know, this is, this is a new deal for them. Um, and I think one of, the, uh, one of the, the, the adjustments that Ohio State made in the second half um, – Besides, you know, deciding to score, was what uh, was uh, was a uh, uh, running more zone packages. Um, you know, typically you would see Ohio State, uh, you know, play play man to man in the defense backfield, um, run uh, different blitz packages, pressure the quarterback. Um, Ohio State did not have to worry about the run last week, um, and 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 I think the same thing could happen this time around is exactly what you said with, without the, and particularly, you know, if you, if you, if you go into this game, knowing that, that our opponent doesn't have um, the, the running attack uh, that, that we really need to be concerned about um, you can see more nickel dime packages uh, and, and, and boy, if Ohio State can pressure Baker Mayfield with, uh, with, with just the front four, um, it's it's lights out. It is lights out. Uh, and and uh, on the offensive side of the ball, um, deciding to score was a good thing. That was that was something. And it took a, it took a half for, for the coaching staff to figure out how that was going to work. <laughs> um, but 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 you did see. I mean, last week I talked about um, 
stretching the field, um, making sure that you have the speed on the outside and downfield to, to, to loosen up the run game. And that did happen in the second half with the, um, with the, the long passes uh, to, uh, to Johnny Dixon and Paris Campbell. Um, that was, the, and that was the thing that was missing from the offense a year ago. It's not, it, 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 it that stuff was sporadic, um, against Indiana and, and it, it will need to be more consistent as we go through this, this season and certainly, certainly more consistent this weekend. Um, and then there's the nice, the, the, the uh, the nice surprise, uh, JK Dobbins, true freshman tailback, uh, getting a start because Mike Weber, um, who was a starter through uh, most of last year, uh, did, was, was a little, uh, uh, a little gimpy, and they, they they held him out of the game. And J.K. Dobbins rushed for 181 yards, um, which is the uh, Ohio State record for a true freshman in his first game. Um, and then and he has well over 200 yards in total offense. Uh, that's that's a nice addition, and that's some depth uh, at, at tailback that that I, I wasn't aware that that Ohio State had. Um, I, I I don't see the kind of beating. Um, that Ohio State was ever to put on Oklahoma in in Norman last year, um, but I think seven might be a little conservative. I, I think this will be a comfortable win for the Buckeyes. Um, we debated about this 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 uh, third game, and and there are, there are numbers that are number ones that, that could be as interesting, but this has been a a rivalry that has meant a lot to the Pac-12 recently. I'm talking about number 14 standard, Stanford, excuse me, at number six USC. Um, and I think uh, USC is favored by seven points uh, on Saturday night. What do you think about this one? This one's really, really interesting, especially kind of when you look at both teams as the way that they're entering and coming into this. I think USC was a little bit of a surprise this week to a lot of people in the way that Western Michigan gave them fits. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, Western Michigan, a team that has lost PJ Fleck, Mm-hmm. Is now the head coach at Minnesota and a team that everyone was kind of like, do they have an identity? But probably the same thing we were talking about with Indiana about, you know, you lose Kevin Wilson, but the players are still there. Same thing happened here. They lost PJ Fleck, but they still have the personnel. And uh, Western Michigan, I, I actually posted this um, on Facebook on Saturday that, you know, I had my eye on that game was, you know, are we going to see a week, a week one action call already? Um, yes. I mean, they, they kept that game super close until the fourth quarter, which was mm-hmm. quite surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and USC actually needed two late touchdowns in the fourth quarter to kind of finally put that away. And then of course the extra points team around the world, which was an incredible moment with the center coming out, um, to do the snap on the extra point there right. in the fourth quarter, which was, you know, just one of like 16 really amazing moments that happened this weekend. It, it was a great weekend for football. Um, Sam Darnold had a, had a good night, uh, 289. Um, Ronald Jones had a you know buck 59, three touchdowns. But it's interesting the way that the, the Associated Press described this team was really really interesting. And their game story, they actually used the word the defense struggled. And that was and, and for the IP to use the word struggle, okay. I mean, knowing knowing the IP the way that you and I do, um, yeah. that's that's a pretty <laughs> strong word coming from the IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was my concern with the Trojans heading into the season. You know, having watched them in the Rose Bowl against my Nits, that was an offensive display gone wild on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Neither team really did a great job of stopping. You know, either either team's offense. Um, and I didn't see anything that made. Um, any different to think that USC was going, you know, USC needed to, to really kind of step up on defense, didn't really do that. And they obviously didn't do that in week one. Meanwhile, Stanford, which played 
a long, long time ago in a land far, far away. Um, <laughs> which is quite true because they played yes. back on two, August twenty sixth. Two weeks ago, yeah. Which is yep. like you know back in that fictional week zero or whatever that is now in the soft launch of college football in Sydney, Australia, of all places. So, um, so they've had a long break here since their first game because it really does feel like their first game was a season ago. Mm -hmm. um, and they did what they were supposed to do in Sydney. They beat up on a Rice team that was overmatched for that game. Um, but what that means is that they've gotten a lot of prep time now to work on this USC game. Um, which I think is going to play a very heavy role in this game because they're, you know, they're working to replace Christian McCaffrey. They've done that in Bryce Love. He rushed for 180. That, that's a pretty good you know, debut. Um, and the interesting thing is that they have a redshirt freshman now by the name of Car Cameron Scarlett, um, who actually scored three of the touchdowns. Um, Bryce Love, who's kind of the lead back in that new package that they put together, never scored in that game, which was ridiculous because the game was like 52 to three or something like that. Um, but he never scored. It was, it was Scarlett that scored all the touchdowns. So they've got this really nice kind of one, two combo power punch they've gotten going there. And Keller Chris looked great. He, he's coming back from a, from a pretty bad ACL injury in the bowl game. Um, and this is shaping up to be really, really interesting. I can USC fix its defense and kind of put its offense back together in time for a Stanford team that can kind of, you know, it's sensing that we've got an opportunity here to go on the road to the Coliseum and really make a statement here in the national picture. Um, I honestly don't know who to pick in this game. I really don't because okay. I, I like okay. Kevin. I like Kevin Shaw with the extra time. Uh -huh. um, I, I, I just, I think, I think Stanford might win this thing. I just, I didn't see a lot from USC on Saturday or Sunday, whatever night, Saturday. No, that game was Saturday. Yes, that, that, was, Saturday. that was, I think it was Saturday. I think. <laughs> There's so many games this weekend, I don't yeah. remember. Um, I didn't see a lot from USC that really kind of made me say, yes, they're going to they're gonna do this. I Go tree. I go think, tree. I think. Go tree. I, I came across an interesting thing as I was uh, uh, trying to figure out this game. Um, in, in the last 10 years, starting in 2007, the team that's gained more rushing yards in the series has won eight of 10 games. And, and I think that's... It, that means it's, it's not a coincidence that Stanford has won, I, I think it was seven of those 10 games in the last decade. Uh, it, it, that's because that, this is what Stanford does. Right. Um, Stanford, and we've talked about this ad nauseum uh, in, in past seasons. Stanford, uh, in a lot of ways, looks like an old school Big Ten team. They have gigantic defensive and offensive lines. They, they try to dominate there. They want to run the football. Um, they don't need a spectacular quarterback. They need a solid one who can, you know, make a throw here and there and help manage the game. Um, now, and I will, I will, I will absolutely stipulate that in that stretch, in that decade, uh, you know, SC was down for a bunch of that time because of the because of the, uh, NCAA sanctions and it takes a while to recover and 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 certainly that's uh, that's put them in a tough spot in in the last decade, but. I, you know, even if you look at, at, at Southern Cal and, and they're getting a lot of respect from the pollsters sitting here at number six, um, I, I'm not sure that they're back all the way. And even if they are, I, I don't even know that that's the, that that's the question. Um, I, I think Stanford sets up really, really well, again, uh, to win this game. Um, if, if, if Southern Cal doesn't have uh, an elite defense, and and boy, it, it, it you know if, if if you look at what they did against a MAC team uh, a week ago, you have to wonder. Um, 
it is a nightmare for them to have to play a game against a team like Stanford that runs the ball really well. Uh, Love looked like uh, he does. He did not look like Christian McCaffrey, but but he's he's absolutely a great running back. That's a great start for him. Um, ball control, solid defense. You know they don't they don't the defense doesn't have to win the game, but it just has to slow down the SC a little bit. Uh, and that that if you, if you slow down the pace, everything plays into Stanford's uh, into Stanford's game plan. And I I think they're going to win this in LA. Um, uh, and and I think uh, uh, I, I I have no predictions about the score, but I just I, I it, that feels like um, they have this formula against Southern Cal, and that's that's Stanford's going to be Stanford, and that's and that's how this game's going to go. I have a prediction. Okay. Stanford's head coach's name is David Shaw, not Kevin Shaw. David Shaw. David Shaw. I, I, uh, oh, sorry about that, David. I'm going to blame the seltzer. We're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blame the Imperial stuff I'm drinking. Um, I didn't say this was just regular seltzer. It's all good. Okay, good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we are, we're going to wrap up with the speed run because there were so many games that were so awesome this weekend that we couldn't pick just three. So we have three more, uh, <laughs> starting with number 13, Auburn at number three, Clemson. Clemson is favored by five. Carla, what do you think? Two teams beat up on cupcakes in week one. Yes. I mean, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And Clemson in this game, and I hate to say this, but based on the injury that happened to um, DeAndre Francois, which was mm-hmm. awful mm-hmm. In, in, in for Florida State, um, you have to believe that Clemson is circling the wagons right now, realizing they have an opportunity here, and it's yeah. for a bad reason. But you've got to—that's where their mentality gotta, has to be. You, and they got, got a great it. debut from from Kelly Bryant under center to uh, to take over for for Deshaun Watson. Um, he looked great. Um, Auburn got a good start from its sophomore quarterback Jarrett Stidham. Um, he he shook some early mistakes to kind of lead the team. So these are two teams that really you know Auburn can't really fall doesn't want to fall that far behind because it's the SEC West. Um, so it doesn't want to have a loss, a non-conference loss like this, if it wants to have any chance to kind of keep up with Alabama. Clemson senses blood in the water, so to speak, in the ACC. Um, I like Clemson at home in this game because I think they've got the experience, and there's enough experience from that national championship team on that roster to, to you know, live up to that hype. Um, but, yeah, I think I like Clemson at home. Um, um, I, Clemson band sucks. I, I will say that. But... but, but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sensing the opening that they have in the ACC, uh, Clemson wins this at home. Next up, uh, number 15, Georgia at number 24, Notre Dame. I didn't realize this, and I read this today. Uh, Georgia hasn't played a football game north of the Mason-Dixon line since the um, the, the early 1900s, um, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it, but it has been a, a really long time. Uh, Notre Dame is favored by four and a half points. What do you think? Same thing like Clemson. Georgia has to send some opportunity after seeing the lackluster performances from Tennessee and Florida on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, they've got to come in motivated. Um, they lost uh, Jacob Eason, on, uh, their quarterback, um, in the first quarter. But, hey, Jake Fromm, true freshman, looked the part of an SEC quarterback. Um, they did just fine on Saturday against Appy State. Um, and they still have two running backs that feel like they've been there forever, and Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. I mean, the 15-year starters, I think, is Georgia at this point. Um mm-hmm. And and Notre Dame, welcome back to the top 25. Um, It's been a while since they've been up there. So, you know, it's nice to see them back in the national Ah. player. Um, But it's weird. Doesn't it feel, does it feel to you like Notre Dame is flying under the radar this year? Maybe a little. A little little. bit. Like nobody's talking about Notre Dame and Mm -hmm. not that I'm complaining about that, but you know, it's just nobody's talking about them right now. 
they've got a running back in Josh Adams, 161 on 19, two touchdowns. Uh, it's in um, South Bend, which mm -hmm. means it'll be I'm, – I'm going to – I hate to say this. I'm going to pick Notre Dame in this game simply because they've got a freshman quarterback first time under the lights in South Bend, really tough environment. Um, and I think Notre Dame's defense is going to be able to kind of hone that in. But I expect a really, really good game. This game, the game we just talked about, um, your, your game – and the uh, or those three games are all at the same time. Yeah. Um. So that's the seven thirty uh, Eastern time mm -hmm. slot. So get your get your trigger thumbs ready. It's gonna be a great night of college football. I'm gonna be in Ohio Stadium. I don't have a trigger thumb, but uh, I will, <laughs> they'll show us scores. I'm sure. This is the kind of game that um makes Notre Dame uh, the single most annoying program in college football. Um. They they should not be able to hang with Georgia. They should not. They should not. Um. But because this game, especially because this game is in South Bend, Notre Dame will win on Saturday um, and and just because it's it's Notre Dame and they're playing at home and, and uh, God loves them or something. I don't know what it is, but they, they will win this game. Uh, the final game of the speed round. Goes, oh. Yes, yes, <laughs> and that'll be fun. We get to talk about that more later on. Uh, we have unranked Boise State at number 20, Washington State. Washington State is favored. The Cougs are favored by 10 and a half points. What do you think? Surprising line. First kind of real Pac-12 after dark, you could almost call it, is yes. after the late games. Um, and it's on the Pac-12 network, so it really does qualify as Pac-12 mm -hmm. after dark. Um, this is not the Boise that we're used to. Um, the uh, They never really comfortably pulled away against Troy last week, so offensively they're still trying to, to figure things out. Um, Wazoo had a good week against uh, Montana State. That's, you know, cupcake. Um, and defense didn't give up very many yards. They, they gave up less than 150 yards to Montana State. That's a good sign. Game is in Pullman. Um, I, I I never count out a Chris Peterson team right? Um, just because of the way that his offensive mind works. But at the same time, I don't think this is the same quality of a Boise offense that we're used to in the in the past. Um, I think Mike Leach goes crazy and Wazoo wins it. Um, if we're on the blue turf, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. State. Uh, we're in the Apple Orchards, and uh, and and Mike Leach. Um, I, I yeah, I I, I see uh, boy. Uh, I, I don't I don't see Boise State competing here. Uh, I think this is a win for Washington State. Six Woo! six games in week two that we had to talk about. Um, Carla and no cupcakes. I, and no cupcakes yet. I'm sure we'll we'll get to a cupcake week at some point here. Uh, but Carla, uh, I hope you uh, enjoy um, everything as much as I'm I'm going to enjoy my game. I'll look for you in the crowd on Saturday night. Please I'm do. sure you're the, you'll be the one wearing red. I'm going to be wearing red, uh, yelling. I, I'll do something. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, you scratch your ear. Yeah, okay. It'll be something okay. like that. Guys, thank you for joining us for, uh, for week two. I hope you enjoy the games as well, and I hope you come back and join us again for week three. Carla, thank you. Cheers. Thanks as always. Cheers. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.